0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to reformationboise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. For the next couple of days, we're going to deal with the different categories of de-churched evangelicals. We looked at it broadly yesterday, so if you missed that, you can go back and listen. But the first of the categories are called cultural Christians, and these are those that regard Jesus, Christianity, with with basically apathy, maybe even a little bit of nostalgia. For the most part, their lives are going well. They don't see a need for the church. They don't need to see a need for Christianity at all. It is seems as if the the research would say that they're really just not believers that there's no indication that they have a faith and these are the ones that typically leave the church um between the ages of 18 and 25 so this is not um, from the book this is just my own personal experience it wasn't that long ago that there was research done and i believe it was both at um, several of the christian schools in the valley and what they found was that five years after graduation, basically 50% of the students were no longer attending church. Hmm. So let that, that, that sink in. That five years after graduation, 50% at the time of the survey were not attending church. That is what we're dealing with today with cultural Christians. And, the, this is just from the book. It says this, The story of cultural Christians seems to involve parents that have not engaged with them on their beliefs, but have simply spouted their own beliefs without showing respect for others and having open exchange of ideas. Cultural Christians have some pointed advice for their parents. Listen better, live out your faith, and be more charitable towards those whom you disagree we think that, and this is still the authors, we think that's good advice for any Christian, whether you have an adult child or not. How would you respond to, to that sentiment, that quote, the analysis of the authors? Well, I think
2: we've talked a lot about Christian parenting and the, and the idea that it can't just be modeled and assumed that our children are taking hold of the truths of the Christian faith. That they need to be taught, instructed, catechized. I think especially as they age, that middle school to high school Period of time is a time where we, we really can begin asking questions of our children, and in, in terms of what they believe and what they're facing, especially if they're in in a non Christian school, or they're going to be confronted with with other worldviews and even, you know, friends who have uh, an anti uh, you know anti Christian mindset. So I think that's a that's something to pay attention to. I know for for our own household, we're right in the thick of that. I got two middle school girls and a high school boy. And it, it's, there's been challenging points where we've had to discuss why we believe the things that we believe. And I think th- those are healthy conversations that my experience was, and I didn't have that growing up with my Christian parents, is they just, just kind of assumed that I went along with everything they believed.
1: Well, my tendency yeah. as a parent has been to monologue instead of dialogue. Yep, I'm thankful for my wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's much better at the dialogue. And what she's basically said to me is, you need to ask them more questions. You need to find out why they're saying what they're saying or thinking what they're saying uh, uh, thinking or defending the position that they're defending. Mm-hmm. You jump in too soon and make declarative statements
0: without hearing and 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 a declarative statement is not a bad thing if you've got your finger in the text of God's word and you're and you're telling your children. They, their argument is not with you, it's with God himself. And you're making them accountable to God, not to yourself. And, and just sending your children to a Christian school or just, send, you know, what, what are your reasons for doing that? Is it just simply to protect them or to give them good friends? Those are good reasons. But all you, if that's the goal, that's all you got. You, you've given them a certain moral therapeutic deism. You haven't given them God himself. And so, I think that you need to be aware that you, the culture, even the Christian culture that you're sending them in, you may want to do some deprogramming when they come home. You may want to actually help them to become the leader of that in that institution rather than just a follower and go along, get along.
2: Yeah, I think there's a temptation, especially in early parenthood, to, to wrap our children in a bubble mm-hmm. um, that, that is Christian. I remember growing up in that that kind of context. and one of the things that became clear is, is thinking about maybe even the full armor of God is, is giving our children the shield of faith. How can they defend themselves in a world that might be against them? But also giving them the sword of truth so that they can divide and understand the arguments that are being lobbed at them <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. even e- examining some of the things that they're, rather than shielding them from everything, is is examine those things that are on TV, that are in the books that, that, that they're reading and, and ask the cultural questions and ask the Christian questions that help them <laughs> To discern and navigate the questions that may arise in their souls,
0: you need to help them find the redeeming value yes. of what they're doing, and and so you need to you need to help them apologetically to give a reason for the hope that's in them, yep. or the why you even believe what you believe.
1: Mm-hmm. So on in the book, there's this whole chart about reasons why they're not attending church, and basically you're dealing with the top. 10 to 12 reasons that have been given. All of them are statistically basically the same. So take a minute here and, and just maybe highlight some of those for the listener, especially the ones that you um, maybe might want to provide some insight or comment on. You guys were just talking about this whole idea that for a lot of people, they don't think that what's going on in church is even relevant to the world in which they live. Um, that they have this disconnect between what they hear in church and the experience. and that's one of the reasons why some are leaving the church. what are what are some of the others?
0: Well, some of them, are, you know, some of them are just going with the crowd. My friends aren't attending church. Uh, you know, they don't want to stand alone. They and this is a, a difficulty for them. Attending's an inconvenient thing. Well, that's you. We talked about this the other day. It cuts into the activities that they find more important. Whether you, you know, I mean, just about every every child sport uh, that is going to be engaged outside of you know uh, perhaps a little league. Is going to happen on a Sunday because those are the only days left, and so that everything becomes inconvenient to them.
2: I think there's a couple connected um, too restrictive of my sexual freedom. I wanted to express my gender identity. I think those are those are trappings of the old purity culture, which you know, sex becomes not a gift from God to enjoy in the covenant marriage, but something that's bad and ugly to avoid. Right, and so that. You know, as, as that species. goes back
0: to that chicken and egg thing right. you know, because you got a, so, uh, a society that is, is uh, bringing these things and force feeding them in every in every uh, media outlet and then you're trying to correct that but you haven't given them the person the accountability before God yep. <laughs> that, that deals with that yep.
1: when you when you begin to, to think about these cultural Christians so you, you have to approach it and say okay they, they have no saving faith and so at the end of the day who they're living for is themselves Mm -hmm. and so as you begin to go down this list what you see is that church has become restrictive so they they want to express their gender identity they want to they want to make their own decisions with sexuality that the church is too restrictive they begin to doubt god's goodness they have other priorities they they suffered and then they blame god so what the common denominator in all of those is that they only were engaged in church when church actually gave them what they felt they they deserved in life or what they wanted to pursue on their own and the whole idea of god being holy and righteous and just that's a moral god that his intentions is not my happiness that is going to rub wrong and that would be the you know the category of you know they went out from us because they weren't mm-hmm.
2: actually of us yeah. but, I,
0: but i also think that points out what we're missing in church because i mean we're to go out and bring the gospel to the world uh, teaching people to uh, discipling them to observe all that christ commanded so we're not connecting the dot. We're not mm-hmm. connecting the dots between uh, you know uh, you know arriving at church and actually knowing what knowing Christ and knowing His gospel. I,
1: I want to spend the last few minutes um, just on this idea of how can we be intentional to prevent this move towards cultural Christianity by those that were in the church. How can we? if you will, quote, keep people. Now, naturally, this is a work of God, so we're, we're speaking from a human perspective. But what we, can we do on a human level to to help push back against cultural Christianity?
0: Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I think that, you know, I mentioned this, maybe it was last week, you know, that so much of what is sermonized in, in that are just happy illustrations and that they know the... Uh, the happy verses but they don't know the cost of discipleship they're not prepared for discipleship they're not uh, they they're not taking up a cross to follow jesus they're you know those things are missing and so i i think it's easy for them to fall away because it's what you know what am i getting out of this all that they're asking
1: i mean i think as a
2: church we need to just stay on that foundation of the word of god to be able to with a clear conscience say as paul said that we've proclaimed the whole counsel of God and we're not trying to sugarcoat it we're not trying to make it relevant but just standing on the word of God and saturating our worship with it people may still fall away but the Holy Spirit his ordinary means of working is through his word I think I lean into first Peter 5 shepherd the flock of God that is among you and so knowing who's in your church at what level as much as we can what what level their faith is at, you know what questions they're wrestling with, so that you know how to pastor them, um how you you know how to pursue them, and so you know how to preach to them so you mm-hmm. you're answering the questions from the text that that they're
1: actually asking I, I think we're called to to present before our people week after week a big god, yep mm-hmm. yeah, and I think part of the i mean excuse the reference, but in the Marvel movies, when the Hulk picks up Loki and pounds him back and forth and then throws him down and says, puny God. Mm-hmm. I, I think for the most part, we in in the, the United States are giving our our people a puny God. Mm-hmm. And we're not giving them the God of the word, of the, of the Bible, and bringing before them something that's worth living for. And I think so often we're giving our, our kids a view of God that doesn't matter. And instead, he's a, a big God that demands all of who I am And if they don't see that in the parents, if they don't hear that from the Word, I I think it's going to be a struggle for them to to say, oh, church matters.
0: Especially if they don't think that church matters to us. Mm -hmm. They need more substance. (laughs) (laughs) More substance of God's Word, Mm -hmm. ultimately.
1: There's a, a beautiful line in the book, and we'll end with this. It says, Many cultural Christians came from biblically and doctrinally shallow expressions of evangelicalism. Both But there is much life and vitality to be found in the historic creeds and confessions of our ancient faith. We want to see healthy local churches that clearly teach the Bible and catechize on the creeds and confessions. We also want to see those churches have members who are well-equipped to engage their context with relational wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think that is spot on. Mm -hmm. Give them the truths of the Word of God and help them to see how it pertains the life in which they're living. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you tomorrow.